Mm, greetings, you bunch of turn-cloaked turn-buckles. I have returned by my lonesome. That's right, another solo episode. You probably already knew, you know, you saw how long it was. There's only so long I can uh, hear the sound of my own voice and, uh, and, you know, not go crazy. I mean, that's not true. Let's be honest. I could do this all day. Um, okay, episode 106. But first, wait, before I, before I get into the content, let me say this. Grant will be back, okay? He's just under the weather. It's the holidays. He's got sick children and sick, I mean, children are disease bags. We've covered this, so I think they just, it's a perpetual cycle, really. Uh, But he's under the weather. He's got lots going on. We've all got lots going on. It's the holidays, for God's sake, okay? So just chill, enjoy. It's a fun episode. I I mean, obviously, past Dave already recorded it, um, but to you, he's future Dave. Uh, but I had a pleasant time, and I think I did okay, so uh, listen to it. Let me know what you think. Um, before I tell you what I talk about in this episode, I want to give a major shout-out to the comic book shop on 128 Bank Street in Ottawa. You can find them at uh, Comic Book Shop Bank on Instagram or thecomicbookshop.com, shop spelled S-H-O-P-P-E. And uh, I don't know if this is our last episode of the year or not. It may or may not be, but what I will say is just thank you so much for their continued support. Um, They were our first ever sponsor. They've sponsored us for the entire year, which is absolutely nuts and awesome. Um, God, it's just, yeah, it's a huge milestone for us. We really appreciate their support. So please check them out. Uh, If you haven't, you know, already, um, if you listen to us, chances are you'll like, you know, some of their goods, right? They've got anime figurines. They've got manga, comics, obviously, Gundam build kits, magic stuff, like, They've got a whole great community surrounding them, so I highly recommend that you check them out and let them know that we sent you, okay? Keep this going for us. Um, What do we talk about this week? We do Jujutsu Kaisen, Season 2, Episode 21. Fucking crazy. Pluto, Episode 5. Lots of thoughts on Pluto. Uh, There's some fun and not-so-fun news in this uh, week's episode of the News Feed. Episode of the News Feed? You know what I mean. The News and uh, we wrap up on Freerun, episode 15. Another another uh, strong one from Freerun. Okay, enjoy this. Grant, you still have to edit this. You're not getting off lightly. Uh, enjoy the episode. If uh, we, you, know, you may hear from us by, by end of year. And if you don't, we'll see you on the flip side in uh, 2024. Thank you again so much for listening. Enjoy. <laughs> Here we are again, just me and you. I think past David will have likely filled you in on the deal this week, but in short, it's a uh, it's another solo episode, probably a short one, but it's uh, it's quality, okay? Not quantity. Really measure the quality of each minute I'm giving you, okay? Because I want to make one thing clear. I'm not exactly on the up and up pepping, rearing to go. Pepping? There's no pep in my step currently. I am running off of uh, just fumes currently. I'm rolling from a 10-hour workday into this podcast, and I'm uh, I'm not happy about it. I'll tell you that. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm not really kidding, but, uh, but that's okay. We're here. We've made it work. And uh, I want to talk about some anime because it's actually been a particularly great week uh, for anime. There's been uh, some really strong episodes that I've watched. And also there's, you know, some interesting stuff uh, in the news, some significant developments. 
Um, maybe up top, I don't know if past David will have mentioned this, but you know, one thing worth noting is I think we'll likely take a break next week. It's, uh, you know, we're about a week out from Christmas or so, holidays, whatever you celebrate, but you know, I'll be off work and kind of bouncing around all over the place, um, you know, paying my obligations to my ever-growing blended family. So um, I've got about 13 dinners to attend in seven days. Um, it's not a brag. Believe me. I'm kidding. Not really. Um, but uh, okay, so Jujutsu Kaisen. Let's, let's start with a heavy hitter. But I will be honest, basically everything today is a bit of a heavy hitter. But this particular episode of Jujutsu is a big one because I'm hoping, I'm not 100% sure, that it's it's the end of a bit of a... We're at the tail end here of the Mahito saga. I should note, spoiler warning, uh, Season 2, Episode 21, Jujutsu Kaisen. It's been out for nearly a week. By the time you've listened to this, it'll be, have been out for six days. So um, that's about as much warning as I'm going to give you. So we pick up where we left off, Yuji and Toto versus Mahito. Not a ton crazy is crazy, you know, we're above ground now. Same deal, Mahito is like kind of inventing powers as he goes. But I think, you know, I will actually give the anime a bit of a break here. I think that's kind of the point of Mahito is that he's a quote young curse. I think a lot of his sensibilities are intentionally childlike. I had a bit of a thought this week, and I mean, I've thought it for a while now. I think we've probably talked about it throughout season, I don't know about season one, but in season one, they kind of, you know, add a bit of a preface. I think it's in like a sewer scene and Mahito is talking to Junpei. You know, this is obviously before he turns him into a balloon animal, but uh, he's talking to him about, you know, the origin of all these curses and these curses being Jogo, Hanami, Mahito himself. They didn't mention Dagon or Dagon back then, because I don't know if he was on screen, but he was talking about, like, this particular set of curses. And I don't remember the exact lines of the dialogue, but it was something about how great forces of nature had eventually kind of embodied into these particular curses. You know, you don't have to look too far, right? Jogo with the volcano head, Hanami with the Mother Earth kind of thing going on. Mahito, I think probably a representation of i don't know is it all humanity like the patchwork face literally being like all the pieces of them or is he just the hateful scornful pieces i don't know because he is like i said very childlike he's literally learning on the fly and a few episodes ago you know when jogo bodied sakuna or uh sakuna uh bodied jogo rather and they had that kind of white space scene they had that great line about mahito kind of being the mirror to humanity or to death at least and i don't know last week you saw it when he learned the black flash when he was kind of like really relishing in the fact that he's a curse and that itadori is his natural enemy and the rate of his learning is so impressive um he kind of you know reaches his quote final form in this episode one thing that I'll note about that is is I like what they did with it. You know, he kind of got the Frieza moment. Um, I will say without like four episodes of like, you know, do, charging the power up animation. So I appreciate how quickly they got after it. Um, it wasn't nearly as drawn out as other shonens have done. But more than that, I appreciate that it didn't like restart the arc when he got, you know, this form change. A lot of, a lot of shows do this shit. 
and it's fun the first time you see it uh, and you're 12. Um, but, you know, I kind of shrug or groaned, I should say, when I saw his new form. I was like, oh, fuck me. Like, is the rest of the season going to be his new unbeatable form, even though he was an inch away from death a minute ago? But it's not. He's like on screen for like seven minutes. So I dig the hell out of that. They, they get to the point, right? He can have this like self-actualization evolution moment while also being like, but at the same time, the fight does need to end. So I, I like that we kind of got both. Um, I do think above that, though, the highlight, there's a lot of highlights in this episode. One of the highlights is Toto, right? Like his entrance into season two was, I don't want to say overdue, but I think everyone was expecting it. Everyone was very excited for it. And they nailed the entrance. When he saves Yuji, the reveal, the little poem or haiku that he recites, the music, the animation, um, the immediate fight scene that follows, the clap animations. And then this episode, like it's still just moving so fast. And for a second there, they really had me worried because there's been so many casualties, more than I had thought, you know, listen to the rest of my solo episodes to hear how my predictions go wrong. Um, that I felt genuine danger for Toto when Mahito pulled out the 0.2 second domain expansion, which I think, again, is just like more data on how quickly he's learning because he saw Gojo do it, what, a couple hours before? And here he is giving it a go himself. Um, God, he really is like Yuji in that way. It's so interesting. Um, but Toto's you know, get works his way out of the domain expansion, severs the hand. There's that great Takarachan dance sequence in his imagination, um, followed by him clapping Mahito's hand in such a dope way. And then the animation, when they show the close-up of his one remaining hand. Um, I don't know, I, I loved all that. It's so dark. It's a bummer that Boogie Woogie is probably gone. I mean, he says it towards the end of the episode. And then he gets one final kind of amazing misdirect moment where again him and yuji just have this almost brotherly like non-verbal communication style where they just know what the other one is going to do so toto fakes mahito out for the last time um i saw a lot of confusion on the reactor circuit because again i'm a dork about like the time lag thing um, if you're confused about that, you know, I, I got it immediately because I'm smarter than you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But because I've, I've seen this on reaction so much, um, you know, Yuji hits him and it seems like a glancing blow and that it did nothing. But if you remember back in season one, like the reason Yuji learns Black Flash is because he was sparring Toto and he had this like double punch thing in season one. That was his go-to technique before black flash and i don't think it was intentional back then it was just he would have the impact of the actual punch and then his cursed energy would follow a moment later and it was a little bit tricky so i think mahito in that moment was maybe expecting to get hit by just a regular blow and then the the double hit kind of hit him took him off guard toto distracts him with the uh boogie woogie fake out and then Yuji uh, finishes off with a with a black flash, which then leads to my favorite sequence of the episode, this snow metaphor. I almost wonder if it was literally happening in Mahito's mind, because I, I would like to remind the audience that we still haven't got closure on what the fuck happened to Choso and who put this image or these fake memories in his brain. Like, 
you know, I'm I'm thinking this whole winter scene with Yuji and Mahito was likely just entirely metaphorical and artistic, and in that case, it was absolutely beautiful. I you know, the wolf metaphor, um, the wolf chasing the rabbit, the rabbit with the busted leg, Mahito with the busted leg, and then I think. Um, the climax of that scene is Yuji's stone cold dialogue. Um, really, really performed well by his voice actor. He has this amazing monologue about, I know who I am now. I know my role in this war. And, you know, you were right to Mahito, right? Because Mahito's had this whole thing he keeps returning through, returning to throughout the series about how him and Yuji are the same. You know, Yuji saves people without a second thought. Mahito kills them without one either. They're kind of this positive and negative of one each other, of one another. And just this whole monologue about, you know, I'll kill you. I don't care anymore. And if you come back as something else, I'll kill you again. And that's what I'm going to do from now on. And, you know, they remove all the music and the effects of the environment when he says this stuff. And just have the voice actor speak it very clearly and very coldly which fits the environment in that moment um into the mic and it's just beautiful stuff i love it mahito you can see you know the way they animate him and his voice actor like throughout the entire series has been unbelievable Uh, probably one of the better villains i've seen in a long time in anime um just fantastic work but you can see mahito experiencing what seems to be fear for the first time running for his life a lot of the time there isn't even dialogue like he's just moaning and and screaming and uh it's somehow not over the top um that's hard direction that's hard performance um storyboarding like it's just really really well done and then of course because every fucking episode has to end on a cliffhanger it seems this season uh ghetto shows up my very brief prediction is that ghetto kills mahito i mean i don't think i'm reaching a ton with that but even if he doesn't, or maybe uh, if you want a funner, funner prediction, maybe he absorbs Makito in his weakened state because he has curse manipulation, right? Um, God, look how good I am with the with the jujitsu lore this week. I'm really on it. So yeah, maybe he absorbs Makito and has him do his bidding, or just like eats him as he tends to do that. But I am worried about like what does this mean for Yuji. Like, I would love some clarification or more details on who is Ghetto. Like, who's in body, who's literally puppeteering him at this stage? What's his real name? What's his objective? Now that all these curses are dead or about to be, what's he going to do? What has he done with the prison realm? I'm assuming that means we're shit out of luck as far as Gojo, saving Gojo goes. We've had so many casualties. We also need closure on what happened to Mei Mei because she was supposed to be fighting him. We need closure on Nobara. Kugisaki. Um, we need wait, what? What else? We need the Mei Mei. We need her. I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of loose ends, and I don't think we're gonna get answers to a bunch of stuff. But I'm curious. Oh, Maki. That's the other one. Uh, what about her? Uh, confirmed Nanami is dead. I'm assuming the other guy who was with them is dead. But Maki, I think, is maybe not. I don't know. We we don't have a corpse, as they say. Same with Nobara. They kind of gave her that let that door open a little bit. Um, I think there's only 23 episodes, so maybe two left. That is a decent amount of time, depending on the pacing. Do not give me another fucking 14-minute flashback when there's dozens of questions I want answered, but, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. I, I, 
I think the last thing I'll say on this, and I think I've said it before, is this season has been so explosive and so intense, has made so many changes. I am very curious about how the rest of the series is handled. Like, do they keep this level of quality up? Grant has kind of said, like, the Shibuya incident is kind of regarded as, like, the big, like, maybe peak level Jujutsu Kaisen. If that is true, and if that is the case, like, it's not hard to see why. This has been an absurd level of, uh, just plot development. Um, like how, like, can they continue to punch at this rate? I don't know. I don't know. Lots of questions, uh, remaining, but I guess we're going to see. Okay. Pluto episode five. I, uh, I filmed a TikTok on this today. Find us on TikTok, uh, TikTok at part-time otaku podcast. That's right. We're on the talk. We're conversing with the youths. We're out here churning out content as they say. I'm trying to do one a week. Uh, I often discuss podcast or uh, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I often promote other anime podcasts. No, I do not. Okay. I often discuss shows that we discuss on the podcast there, but not necessarily like it's not the same content, right? Like this week I talk about Pluto, but other times, you know, I've talked about shows we haven't even covered. Like, you know, I did one on uh, Death Note and what people think about the first half versus the second half. Um, I did one on Sunny Boy and why people should watch it. And, you know, there's lots of Castlevania, an overview. Um, so check that out. Let us know what you think. Um, give it a follow, if you will. And, of course, on Instagram as well. Um, but as far as Pluto goes, episode five was a relatively big one. It feels like since episode three, which I think was its worst or at least most dense episode, um, the show's kind of kicking into high gear now that I'm past the halfway mark. We've had a number of revelations in episode five. You know, Geshit has found kind of some of his false or missing memories of him actually committing murder. Um, he saves Adolf, who was targeted by, uh, you know, the, the cult he was originally serving. Hercules fights Pluto and is killed. Epsilon retrieves kind of his memory stick and says, <laughs> I think this is a bit of an animeism. Uh, he detected the genre of hatred among the electromagnetic waves emanating from their fight. Bit of a stretch, but anime. Um... Uran, Adam's sister, uh, has a side quest scene where she's just detecting sadness and trying to solve the problems of people that she can feel it emanating from, which I appreciate. And I think the biggest um, kind of reveals are towards the end of the episode. It's uh, Dr. Tenma and kind of his origin story. He reveals a bit about the robots that he's created. We also learned that he had a son that looked like Adam that was killed in a car accident, which makes me think it's why Adam was created, maybe. Um, and then he, not in so many words, but I think he kind of reveals that he created, quote, the ultimate robot that he never really got to awaken, which I'm guessing is Pluto, uh, which was then manipulated by, I don't know what, Professor Abdullah, Abula. Uh, there's so many character names and some that we haven't seen in quite a while that it's difficult to keep track. Um, I mentioned, you know, my TikTok and, and I w I'll mention it here. I think we talked about it last week. But I really, really, really feel like the one-hour runtime of these episodes hurts the show. I get that it's not a typical anime. Like, the production budget, the production quality, rather, is way above what a typical anime would be. But I, I sincerely think cramming as much as they do into a one-hour episode is ultimately to the detriment of the show. Um the amount of notes you have to take to try and keep up. And I don't mean like just me for the podcast, like your average viewer, 
like there's what five subplots in this show with as many major characters that you need to keep track of um there's political motivations there's the whole robot human conflict in general robots place in society like they're doing a lot of different things and i think it's just too much to try and keep track of over the course of 60 minutes if you break this thing up into 22 minute episodes eight times three is what 24 you end up with a 24 episode season which is normal a little bit more bite size this last episode i had to watch in two goes because i had too much going on not that and like don't you know hate on me for like the whole an hour is too much time to demand like i'm still here for hour-long content um it's just that i think it tends to be you know live action stuff that's or you know oriented that way and i don't know i i I feel like it's just too dense you know it's too dense um so i don't know but it's it's such a shame because i i fucking love this show like i really do but it's hard to get through the whole hour sometimes. Um, there's just so much going on. I don't know. I'm really curious if anyone else has this complaint because I know that Pluto was really, really well received. I wonder, part of me wonders, like it seems to have been well received by like the quote mainstream public. And I wonder if part of that is like they're not used to the 22 minute typical runtime. I don't know. Uh, but if you're an anime fan and you've watched Pluto, let us know. Like, do you think this is an issue? Do you not? Um, I don't know. But, you know, overall the plot is, I think, becoming a little bit more concentrated. We're approaching, I think, the, the you know, some kind of ultimate confrontation. Uh, characters are starting to matter more. They're gaining a lot of depth. I really love Greshit. I really hope Adam comes back. You know, they had a whole plot. They had a, a number of scenes of trying to revive him and how he may come back a little bit more like Pluto um as a result of kind of being knocked out I, I don't know but he was a really fun character and i was really surprised when they killed him off but i also f- kind of figured it would be with the intent of bringing him back later um and i'm only basing that off of like him being on every poster and, and we, unless it was like just a legit total misdirect which i'm fine with too um so i guess we'll see okay shall we talk some news i think so um, I'm seeing rumors, I mean, I don't know if they're rumors so much as like the mangaka of, uh, for Jujutsu Kaisen is saying that it's, uh, maybe ending in 2024. And I, you know, further to our discussion earlier about how do you keep the quality level up on Jujutsu? Like after this arc, I'm really curious what subsequent arcs look like and how they're going to inform the ending. What is the ending? How does the series wrap up? How far are we from where it currently is um and you know will they stick the landing like we just had one of the biggest ones you know ever with attack on titan which was just so marred by their release schedule and naming conventions at least as far as the anime goes but the quality itself i think people are pretty damn happy with um so you know i think the big thing is you just don't want to see it get dragged out right i just don't want to i don't know find myself coming up on my seventh season um, and being like, yeah, I don't know if we're anywhere near the end. Um, Smooth segue, My Hero Academia, season seven coming in May, 2024. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, So I think we enjoyed season six. I think the low point was like season five, Um, but season six was fun. Things were actually happening and it felt like the plot was rapidly speeding up. So 
if season seven is season seven, I I don't know how close we are to it ending, but like, I think I'm at the point in my relationship with my hero that like, I will watch it when it's on. I don't know if we'll cover it on the show because I don't know if it really requires that, you know, maybe we'll mention it like, you know, as they, as large beats kind of unfold, but I don't know. I'll probably, I'll, I'll tune in, but you know, I'm not on bated breath. I don't know if it's going to, you know, change any, do, do anything major, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. It's such a specific thing at this stage because there's, it, it's been on for so long, you know? Um, big news on Chainsaw Man. They're doing a movie, the Rees arc, I think they're calling it. Um, I think 2024 is what they said, like probably late, if not 25, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure it's 2024, but it's a movie and they're doing a specific arc for the movie. It's very reminiscent of Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Uh, it seems like that's how they're going to go. I haven't seen confirmation yet. What I'm hoping is that, you know, this arc they're going to do in a movie just follows the events of season one. They then do the movie and then they pick up from the movie for season two. Uh, like similar to Demon Slayer and Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, I will go to a movie to see Chainsaw Man. I bet a lot of other people will too. Saw some of the key art. Looks good. Saw, you know, I saw a little synopsis floating around. I don't know. Seems exciting. Uh, I would prefer, obviously, like the anime come back, you know, just because we would get more content paced out. But I'm fine with this too, and I'm curious how long it'll be. And, uh, you know, distribution-wise, like Demon Slayer did eventually get over here, um, but it took a while for Mugen Train to get over here. So I'm hoping we don't see, um, you know, international release issues, but who knows? Uh, I don't know if any of that is like already confirmed or TBD, but let's just hope we get a, a North American release um, relatively shortly after um, the uh, the one out there and, and we'll, we'll just see how it goes. In some confounding news, um, Matt Reeves uh, is making an Arkham series within the DC universe. Uh, this is confirmed by James Gunn on Twitter, which he likes to confirm random things on Twitter. Um, imagine having the power to do that, by the way. Like, I saw a clip of, <laughs> of uh, I think it was George Lucas on, like, Colbert maybe years ago, or so, he was on some talk show or at some event with a live audience where someone was saying, oh, what planet is Obi-Wan from? And he goes, hmm, I have decided it's this. That is now the canon. And he like kind of pulls something out of his ass. It's like a pun he makes. And that must be so fun as like the creator or holder of all things. Like, I mean, I guess that's Dave Filoni now over at Lucasfilm, but or Lucasfilm, which is, you know, Disney. But it, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, James Gunn has fun with this because he seems to like cherry pick. I mean, obviously, because he probably gets so much inbound on, on Twitter um, about, you know, random questions. Are you going to do this? Or are you going to do that? But yeah, he has confirmed in a series of tweets that Matt Reeves is going to continue to work closely with the DCU and he's going to do the second Batman project, which will remain a standalone. So like there's still... No changes as far as the Robert Pattinson uh, second movie goes. Um, from what I've heard, they are... I don't even know if they've finished a script yet. Um, but I don't know. I see rumors flying around. And I hope I hope they're not real. But the guy who played the Joker in that deleted scene 
of the first Batman that they did is like, you know, doing wink, wink, nudge, nudge in the press that like, I can't say anything, but you know, I think my smile gives it away about like whether he'll be involved. And I just, I just really hope they don't do a Joker movie. You know, that first Batman movie was so damn good. Um, and you know, Paul Dano had a big part of that for sure. The Riddler, but like also just the tone that they went for. Um, I have no doubt that Matt Reeves could make a great Joker Batman movie. It's just not what I think we need. I'm not a DCU, DC aficionado in any way, but I know that there are a shitload more villains that they can pull from. And we've had so many Jokers in the last several years you know like i got what there have been three four people to play the joker in the last what half decade i think we need to gain some distance from it joaquin just won an oscar for it like let it breathe he's gonna and they're doing a second one too like let's not have an opportunity for dc to put out a movie where the joker is played by two different people in the span of 18 months like let's just not do that because i don't want to have to explain it to people you know i think they must know that i, I don't know um speaking of uh major studios uh making big moves i mean you know this is a big story in, in many ways but jonathan majors was found uh guilty i think uh, of assault uh towards his spouse uh, amongst other things and then the moment they read the guilty verdict disney fired him so now there's tons of questions about what happens to kang and the kang universe and everything that they have had planned um, I didn't follow this clay, this case super closely. Um, I do know that I saw, I, th I don't know if his case was streamed. Like I remember like the herd, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing was streamed uh, and that, you know, like made cultural waves. But I know that a lot about the case made its rounds on the internet about how bad his defense was and how damning some of the leaked texts were from him, you know, trying to hide evidence of abuse. I don't, I mean, now he's, found guilty so clearly uh seems he was guilty of uh of of what he was accused of and uh yeah i mean you know losing kang probably the least of his problems but probably a pretty big gut punch he was about to be the next thanos and to be fair on a bit of a sinking ship but you know that's what you get um so you know curious i mean i think that's his career is shot uh curious to see what marvel does uh you know that i think the consensus online is like hey like don't try to rewrite everything at the 11th hour just recast kang i think the character is so intentionally diverse that there are versions of him everywhere just cast a different one and don't mention it i mean if they have the opportunity to do that this seems like a if they're going to do that ever this seems like a pretty ready-made character to do that with right and god i hated his fucking performance uh, you know all that aside i don't know if you guys remember the loki finale god that was dog shit um season one loki finale fuck i hated everything about his choices in that uh in that episode is just atrocious um okay uh speaking of atrocious well I don't know. I'm not going to jump the jump the gun on this one, but Code Geass has revealed that they're doing a four-part movie sequel. So I've seen the series. Grant has not, but you know, it's uh, lauded as having, you know, one of the better anime endings out there. You know, it's two short and sweet, not short, but two seasons. So it's definitely not dragged out. It has a pretty iconic ending 
that I will not give away in case Grant listens to this or in case you're listening to this uh, and you haven't seen it. But I think it's considered a bit of a classic. I highly recommend it. But what they did that I know was not popular is after the series was done, which I think, again, its ending was critically acclaimed or relatively well received, but there are major character deaths leading up to the finale and or in the finale, I will say no more. Um, But then they do a movie after that in a quote, what, alternate reality or alternate dimension where like these main characters are not dead. Um... And I guess these additional four movies that they're going to make are going to take place in that universe. So it's like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like Neon Genesis, to be fair. Like, it's like, watch the series and then EOE. Um, And if you're really hungry for more, go watch these extra movies that they're going to churn out that are like kind of connected, but not really, but also a retelling, but also in an alternate timeline. So it's like... I don't know. At the end of the day, if you're super hungry for more Code Geass content, it's on its way. I I don't know if I'll watch it, but that's not because I'm like high and mighty. It's just, I don't know if I'll get around to it. Okay. Um, speaking of questionable decisions, they're remaking One Piece. I, I, I don't understand this. Um, but, you know, One Piece, I don't think is really for me to begin with because I like good shows. Just kidding. Everybody fucking chill. Um... I just can't, well, I can't watch something that's a thousand episodes. I, I just can't do it. Um, but they're remaking it. They're remaking it on Netflix and it's going to be done by Wit Studio. So I think both both of those things are good. Netflix is clearly invested both figuratively and literally in one piece. Uh, it seems to have had universally just about good reviews on their live action series. So they kind of broke that curse, which is great. Um, I guess my question is, you know, What's the long-term goal with remaking One Piece? Is it like they're going to remake all existing thousand episodes plus the ending? Will there be a period where they the original one runs simultaneous to the remake? That's weird. Is, there, is the original going to end ever? I googled it, you know, briefly before this, and it seems like, oh, yeah, they're going to do it this year. But, like, are they just saying that? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the deal is with the remake. I, I will say... You know, I I remember loving Dragon Ball Kai, um, Dragon Ball Z Kai, but I I don't think that's this. It it might be cool if they did that though, like kill, you know remove all the filler, punch up the animation a little bit. Now that you know, make it a little more modern, I guess. I I don't know, but I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. This I will say though might be like my entry point to the series. Like, what if they put this thing out and it's you know twenty episodes for the first season, like. 20 is a hell of a lot more manageable than a thousand so i don't know maybe there are people like me out there maybe they and maybe they they're banking on that you know like that there's probably a relatively large and growing anime audience and a subsect of which don't want to start a 1000 episode journey so i I don't know i think there are a lot of angles on this many of which i'm sure i'm not thinking of in this moment Uh, but it is it is interesting news it's not something i saw coming so yeah okay uh free rin Freeran, Beyond Journey's End, episode 15. That's it for news. Let's talk about this. Um, this is a great episode. This is damn great. This is some Grant I bet would love. And this is normally something that Grant would love and I would shit all over because I'm a shitty person. Um, 
but you know a couple things i think that they note in this episode it's officially been four years since free Ren has teamed up with fern and one year since they've teamed up with stark um the soundtrack in this episode is just gorgeous um i absolutely love what they did with the sound you know we make it to a new city in this episode uh sign is like very quickly becoming one of the uh well not really three musketeers but like one of the core four as you might call it um they're running out of money so you know of course we pick up a little side quest uh, and of course that side quest is like three months long but time doesn't matter if you're free run uh but it does for everybody else of course uh, stark has to play you know the role of like some guy's dead son which is interesting uh adam vibes actually pluto speaking of which um, but there's a great little scene of Stark and Fern having to learn kind of royal etiquette. Um, and it's a very, it's genuinely a sweet and endearing scene. They have this little dance. Um, and, and I don't know, it's a, a bit of a feel-good episode. This kind of stuff doesn't normally work on me. But I, I, I strongly feel that Freerun is bucking a lot of trends in this genre that and and just executing at a higher level uh than a lot of its a lot of its peers i don't know um there are a lot of shows that i think people are going to say free run is like and then i try to watch them and i go this isn't what i want or it's not as good you know what i mean i think this is setting a hell of a bar i'm so happy that there's several more episodes of this show coming i'm gonna watch it through the holidays i don't know if there's a break or not but this has been one of the like delights of the year for me I don't know. I've, I've been having an absolute ton of fun uh, watching Freerun. Um, we also get a bit of confirmation uh, that I think Stark's uh, home village was destroyed. Um, I, you know, I think we kind of inferred that when um, we were, you know, when we saw him leave it behind. Um, apart from the whole Stark Fern thing, you know, there's a great little sign and Freerun. Um, versus a like sleep curse plant monster uh in this episode the whole sleep thing was was kind of neat um i don't know man i i i i really dug it another great episode from uh from free run i, I want to know what grant thought of it but um i'm hoping he feels better soon and he'll be here to join us uh like i said probably gonna be taking at least a one week break you know it's the holidays you know, I've got 37 people to see, all of whom I'm going to disappoint with a very poor and uh, last-minute selection of gifts. But that's fine, because it's the company that matters, or so they tell me. Um, God, I wonder if we're going to do another one before the end of the year. If I hope so, because we have to say thank you in some way, shape, or form. Um, but if not, thank you for listening. It's been crazy. 2023 um huge huge shout out to the comic book shop for sponsoring us the entire year this has been so fun if you started listening this year thanks for joining us um it's been really fun you know we had that spotify wrapped thing happen a few weeks back it was great to see the growth and where everybody is listening from we have no intention of stopping uh, i know you know we've been a little bit you know hit or miss here with grant but he's got a lot going on you know he's a father i've got nothing going on you know what i mean i mean that's not true i have two shitty cats uh but you know that's almost the same i don't know but we're not going anywhere in 2024 if anything i think we're only going to pick up 
Um, we've been talking about adding video to the podcast for a while. Maybe we'll get around to doing that. But if not, I think our social media game is going to continue to pick up. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably there. We also upload the audio to YouTube now, so you can find us there. Um, again, thank you for listening. Shout out to the comic book shop. We will be doing some kind of like a top five anime of 2023, I'm guessing. We've done it the last year or two, so we'll probably do that in January. I think we got to do more movie reviews too. It was great to see that, you know, in the uh, Spotify rap thing that like a bunch of people uh, were really big on the Paprika movie review. That was awesome to see. So thank you for listening. Um, Grant's not here, so uh, I will say thank you guys. Cheers.